we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We know that. And so I like what R.C. Sproul says. It's not like Jesus throws you a life preserver because you're sinking in the water. No, he dives down into the depths of the ocean where you are breathless and lifeless. He brings you up out of the water. And and it's funny you you use Sproul because I I think the Lord has used Sproul uh, as one of those to to make that clear to me what, what really took place. Yeah. You know, because we can have the wrong ideas sometimes and think that we just kind of need to be saved. You know, we, we kind of need to make this decision. It is a life-transforming need that we have. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Always a pleasure, friend, to have you stop by and join us as we host a variety of guests and topics on this program. Today's guest, we were just talking about how did you come to be here today, and both of us can't figure it out. I was given a list of some pastors who I thought this pastor we're going to, about to introduce to you had been met by one of our staff folks, uh, David Sitton, at an event, but that's not the case. So I don't know how Kevin Robinson's name got on this list, but here he is. Yeah, Kevin, here welcome. I am. Glad to be here, Byron. <laughs> it's an honor to be here. I'm excited to be here. And as we were talking, we discovered that we have a mutual friend. Yes. Your wife, Lauren yeah, Clark. That's right. That's right. She, yeah. uh, uh I let her know I was coming here today, and she said, Byron, I know Byron. In fact, I, I did Byron's wife's hair many years ago when she was still a hairdresser, so small world. Did you meet Lauren in seminary? I did. Lauren was in seminary uh, about a year before I, uh, studying for a degree, uh, which she never finished, which kind of happens when you get married and start having children, Yeah, uh, and has just been a uh, really a minister to our children uh, in our home. The higher calling, the highest That's calling. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I'm really excited about us getting together with uh, the connection with uh, your family and also what God's doing in your life. You are the pastor now at Macon Road Baptist Church, and this has got to be a monumental moment for the ministry of Macon Road, knowing the legacy that Pastor Wayne Webb has left at that church and ministry and the vision and faith that God has blessed yeah, this really dear is. brother, I love Wayne Webb. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's been a while since he's been on the show, but right. he finally retired. Right, and, and you know, you want to know something? It's it's it was almost a little bit intimidating. You really had to trust the Lord because as a as a teenager, I remember turning on the television when I got the phone call about someone saying to me, "Hey, I'd like to give your information to Macon Road." At first, I, I couldn't. I didn't remember who Macon Road was, and then when the name Wayne Webb was said, I thought <laughs> I remember seeing him on television. <laughs> Uh, and, and I knew he stood on the Word of God. I knew there was a, a sound foundation there. But coming behind a man who had the Lord had used for 45 years. Well, I was going to say, you know, what's crazy about that? You saying, well, I remember when I was a teenager and seeing yes. him on television. Kevin, I remember when I was a yeah, teenager yeah, seeing Wayne Webb on television. Amen. That's what's amen. so ironic. Right. And I remember because my neighbor friend actually went to the school, Macon Road Baptist That's School. Right. I think that was in the early years the school was started. Well, actually, I grew up in the neighborhood of the old Macon Road there. And, of course, sure. Macon Road Baptist is where that began. Yeah. And my friend Floyd, who is now passed, but he was mentored by Wayne Webb, actually went into the ministry himself, and of course wow. he's since passed away. So the connection there is just it's incredible. Yeah. Hey, as a side note, Byron, I did two years of VoTech or technical education at Kingsbury. Did you really? Uh, I did. I was a student at White Station High School. In my last two years, I went there for CAD. If the Lord wouldn't have, have placed me where I am, I, I thought that was a, a, a career path I may have had some interest in doing that, doing architecture, but... You know, the Lord saw fit to do what he did, and here I am 
with you today. So, you know, and there's some crazy connections there, too. Uh, I also attended the Votech Center when I yeah. was in school. Matter of fact, that was really my lifeline. By the time I was in ninth grade, I wasn't a believer in Christ at the time. Yeah. And I was fed up with school, ready to quit school. Yeah. And the Votech Center offered this class called Audio Engineering Recording. Yeah. I said, hey, that's what I wanted to learn how to do. I wanted to be a record producer and right. learn how to make vinyl records right. at the time, you know. It was interesting. There was a man by the name of Larry Walcoats who was the instructor of the program, and we had a closet full of equipment but no studio. <laughs> so we were actually the first high school recording class in the nation, and we actually were able to help design. And so the Votech Center came together and built the recording studio that's there. I'm assuming it's still there today. I don't know. That's interesting. In 1993, I, I did half a semester at Craigmont Middle School, and they had a full-fledged radio station yep. there. Uh, I took a class. We never got in this in the actual studio. We Our class, because we were newbies, so to speak, was outside that, and we'd watch them broadcast. I can't remember what the radio station was, but they had a radio station there at Craigmont High School. That's right. I remember it so well, uh, but I knew nothing of Kingsbury's at that time. And that's interesting. I had friends that took the broadcast program. Matter of fact, one of the I was trying to thank uh, Glenn Carver, who I don't know if he's still doing sports or not. I know he, the name. Yeah, but he was doing sports at Channel 3 here in Memphis for years. But Oh, he, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I remember him. He was like youth broadcaster of the year or something, but he got his start there at Craigmont Radio. Anyway, we're just connecting everything. That's right. And then when you, you mentioned Lauren's, the Clark family, her dad is an incredible cabin designer you know let me let me let me just say this I, I and i tell him all the time i tell him this week we had dinner at his house just unexpectedly because we live down the road from him uh i wish i could do what he did yeah. or what he does and i tell him all the time i'm gonna make my way out there and learn his skill he's the best <laughs> at it i've ever i've ever seen uh you walk around their house and there's just furniture everywhere that he is hand built and it's just the highest quality because uh, if, if you're building it for yourself, you're normally yeah. going to put in a little extra work. Yeah. So of course you got her brother Austin, who yeah. is an incredible mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Austin's so, an awesome mechanic. Uh, you work on your cars? Uh, he does. He and his brother both, uh, Mitchell Mitchell Clark, is also a mechanic. Now they both went to school. They are both certified mechanics and do a wonderful job. Could not promote them uh, enough. Well, see, when I first met, all he's gotten so busy now. He's big time now, so he, yeah, can't, he, he can't work on my cars. But uh, <laughs> he's too big for me. But. When he first started, he was just doing it on the side, trying to get it started. He right. was still helping his dad I remember those days. build cabinets. Yeah, I remember yeah. those days. And you know something interesting? I had somebody at Kingsbury. I'll never forget this. I can't even remember the instructor's name. But he said to me, there are two people in life, if you find, you never let them go. One is a good doctor, and the other is a good mechanic. Yeah. He said, those <laughs> guys right. are hard to come by. And for some reason, of all the things in Kingsbury, that stuck with me. <laughs> I like so, that. Yeah, amen. Okay, well, let's find out about the Robinson family. What about okay. your folks? Okay, so uh, met Lauren um, and... Was married, and ever since then, the Lord has blessed us with children, meaning for the past, every two years, we have had children. I want to go back where you grew Before up. Before that. Yeah, I want okay, to grow up so, with your mom and dad. Uh, all right, so I grew up in and around the Memphis area. Uh, at about the age of four years old, my parents were divorced, and my mother lived in Midtown Memphis, and my father lived in Fayette County. Uh, and so my life was a blend of both of those things. Uh, my mother still lives in Midtown. My father still lives in Fayette. He lives in Laconia. But my father worked downtown. So to make it work, I would go to school. I went to school at Idlewild Elementary. Yeah. Uh, I think that's on Linden Avenue. Uh, and our church on Walnut Grove, Second Baptist Church, was right by White Station High School. And so we went to the middle school, high school, my brother and I. Uh, there were different ways we went. One way was through the optional program. Another way was through a hardship we, we, to make that work. Uh, so grew up in and around Memphis, uh, Midtown, East Memphis, because my church and school was there, wow. and then in Fayette County. Yeah. So. 
You know, it's interesting, and I don't know if you know the story, the White Station area, years ago, because the train track runs Poplar Avenue east and west. I know well. I know it very well. Of course, that was the White Station stop. That was the station. The White family had a a farm there. Right. Did not know that. That's where the train stopped. Right. But also, the property there, I think around the Clark Tower, White Station Tower, and all that area over there, after slaves were freed, Mm -hmm. there was... uh, a gentleman who was able to take some money and he bought the land there. The I did farm. not know that. And, you have a date for this? Yeah, I'm trying. I wish I get the dates, but this is a story I heard. And, and and also, he actually started White Station School was started by a free black slave. Did not know that. Who was trying to educate black children there? I'm amazed I haven't heard that because I yeah. love history. Oh, it's an incredible I, and, story. And I have yeah. not heard that. So anyway. Uh, what about coming to know Christ? Were you raised in a home that wow. taught about Christ? That, that, that's a wonderful question. Uh, we went to church. My father, as I mentioned, my parents were divorced. My father took me to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Uh, we never missed. We never missed. I uh, was involved in my church. I don't ever remember a time in my life, Byron, even at the age of two or three, the, the earliest I can remember, where I did not believe in Jesus. But but to have a born-again experience really did not happen to me until about the age of 19, I had left church in my high school years, uh, and I really had nothing going on in my life that would that would prompt this. The Lord just saved me. I share this story with Macon Road. Uh, I, I don't want to call an Apostle Paul moment. I, I don't. I don't know what to liken it to except John three, where Jesus says, "Those who are born again are like the wind." And he's, he's doing a play on words with the Spirit and the wind. He says, "You don't know where it started and where it's going." And I just had this overwhelming desire to read the Bible. I was going through no crisis. I, I didn't know what was going on. I, I wasn't seeking the Lord. And then before that, before I knew that, I was in the Word of God. I was hungering for the Word of God. Then I was in church again. And not only was I in church, I was in church every time the doors were open. And that's when I realized everybody goes to church when the doors were open because I go to church on Sunday morning. And then I go on Wednesday night, and I realized the crowd is much different on Wednesday night. There'd be anywhere from 20 people versus the 300 to 400 that were there. And I was just learning so much about the church because I had this hunger for the Lord that he was working in my heart. I didn't really know what was going on. Uh, if that doesn't make any sense, I don't know how to make it make no, sense. I think it makes perfect sense because when you are hungry, I mean, the scripture says, you know, seeking you shall find. I heard Adrian Rogers say the other morning to keep seeking. Keep knocking. Right. Amen. You know, there was stirred up in you, which, I mean, prior to Christ, we are dead in our trespasses exactly and sins. Right. We know yeah. that. And so I like what R.C. Sproul says. It's not like Jesus throws you a life preserver because you're sinking in the water. No, he dives down into the depths of the ocean where you are breathless and lifeless. He brings yeah. you up out of the water. And, and it's funny you, you, you Sproul, know? because I, I think the Lord has used Sproul uh, as one of those to, to make that clear to me, what, what really took place. Yeah. You know, because we can have the wrong ideas sometimes and think that we just kind of need to be saved. You know, we, we kind of need to make this decision. It is a life-transforming need that we have. Yes. It's why you must be born again, oh, the my Bible goodness. says. You know, I was just thinking about that this morning, Kevin. It's interesting that you say it that way because I've got family members and, and people that know me before I came to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not proud of the way I lived my life, right. uh, you know, before me I neither. came to Christ. Right. But, and maybe they think, oh, Byron just got religion or he just goes That's to right. church all the That's time. That's right. But, man, it's not that. There is a transformation. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I still have some same hiccups, habits, you know, being transformed and walking in Christ. Right. But there's something different. 
there's a life that I have now that I can't explain. Other hey, than, and let me let me yeah. say this if I can, Byron, yeah. to jump in. I, I think the church, I think we've got to be careful on how we articulate these things. I think it's why the people you mentioned just think he got religion or he just he became spiritual. I don't think we do a good enough job articulating what the Bible says is really taking place. It is a radical life transformation. I heard Dr. John MacArthur say it this way one time. He says the the really the overbearing evidence that you have been saved from your sin is not you go to church, it's not you read your Bible, it is a transformed life. Yes. That's that's all the Bible knows about a Christian in the sense of the evidence that you have, it's something totally different than what you previously were. Well, that's me. That's, yeah, my, that's my story. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I'm me so too. thankful for that. That's two of us. Okay, so uh, there's been, as we mentioned, long history with Macon Road Baptist Church there in that little building there on yes. Macon. And that wasn't Berkeley, was it? It or, was Berkeley. It was Berkeley. It was Berkeley. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I still go from that area because we have some of our, our church members that when the, when the church moved, they still lived over there. Yeah. So I still visit over there from time to time. Okay, so but now the church is out on Highway 64. That's right. Uh, not far from 385, maybe a mile or two, maybe two or three miles from the new 385 uh, that goes through right before Fayette County, um, across from Digger Odell Landscaping yep. Nurseries. A wonderful location. We're on just a little over, a hair over 60 acres. I think it's 62, 63 acres, give or take. Uh, wonder, just just an incredibly gorgeous. It's a beautiful piece of property. Oh, the Lord and has been so gracious to we, make it. We were attended an event that you had some tents and things set up in the back part of the property, and it, yes. it goes pretty deep. It goes way back there, yeah. way back there. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I'm still figuring out how far back it goes. You know, Every time I go back further, somebody says, no, you got to keep going. And I mean that. Yeah. It, it goes way back. And uh, just the way the Lord has worked all that through the leadership of Brother Wayne Webb, just phenomenal. Education through making roads at right. the school. Now, are you still connected with the school? We are. We are. Church and school are, are, are one entity. The correct way to look at it is the school is a ministry of the church. Uh, and so, you know, the church, uh, everything there is birthed through the church. Yeah. Uh, the church is blessed to have that ministry. Uh, and it's been there, as you said, as long as Brother Wayne's been there. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of. Uh, our church members. Uh, our school, we try to do more and more things to connect those, yeah. uh, to be together. Uh, it can get tricky right. sometimes. But. Well, in a day where you see that there is a really disconnect with, especially in our public education, you know, when it comes to certain values, or let's just talk about the Bible as a whole. The Bible's not taught in public education. So why the importance, do you think, of Christian education and the church like Macon Road continuing the work? Man, great question, yeah. Byron. We, we see the Bible as absolute truth. There is no truth without the Bible. Uh, some people have said it this way before, all truth is God's truth. And as Christians, our job, in part, outside of living holy lives, as Ephesians 1 says, which glorify God, is to spread that truth, to teach that truth. Uh, you're not going to get that from a public school, obviously. Brother Wayne Webb early on had a great conviction about this truth. In fact, he still shares it with me all the time. And so if you come to Macon Road, Bible classes are taught. That is part of being a student. Chapel uh, is a part of every student's weekly life. So it's not just Bible teaching, it's worship, it's preaching, it's teaching. All of that is getting done at Macon Road uh, as much as you'll find that anywhere else. We prioritize the Word of God. I was just thinking, too, about this transition that was made after so many years with Brother Wayne Webb uh, laying the teaching, preaching ministry there at Macon Road. 
And here comes Kevin Robinson. I mean, it's like Moses handing the torch over to Joshua. No, you, give to me, you give me too life. much, brother. No, you give me too well, much. Seriously, though, what have you discovered? A lot of times when you have a pastor who has laid the foundation, has been there so long, right? and somebody new comes in. Talk about that transition. Yeah, that, that's a great question, Byron. And it's funny you mentioned the Moses-Joshua because the day that I came, uh, Brother Wayne Webb preached about the transition and used that uh, piece of history, Moses and Joshua. Uh, yeah. He preached right from that. Uh, interestingly, Brother Wayne Webb is still there. He is probably my biggest supporter, and that says a lot because I have a lot of encouragers there. Uh, when you talk about a transition, let's just call it what it is. It is the largest transition in the history of Macon Road because Brother Wayne has, has led it for 45 years. Um, it has gone incredibly smooth. But I told Brother Wayne, trustees, everyone in the church my first year, that we all need to together understand my first year is going to be exclusively, for the most part, learning. Yeah. There is so much there to learn. Yeah. There were very few things that I felt like I wanted to change unless there was a doctrinal issue, which because of Wayne Webb, there really hasn't been a whole lot. Uh, but I heard Adrian Rogers, the late uh, Adrian Rogers, say this one time when he came to Bellevue that he told them the first year he wanted to change as little as possible so he could learn. And I just thought that was so wise. Yeah. Um, obviously, making roads size-wise is on the scale of Bellevue, but there was still, because of the school element, so much. Right. And I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah. What, what are some things, as you're stepping into this role as being the pastor, what are some things that stand out to you What you're learning about the ministry that he laid there? You know, wherever I go, it doesn't matter where I go, whether I'm talking to seminary professors, whether I'm talking to just people on the street, in a sense, in the public square, everybody has a Wayne Webb story. It's like it's like the late Adrian Rogers. Everybody has a Wayne Webb story. I'm, I'm part of a conference uh, that'll take place at Calvary Baptist Church in Horn Lake. Good friend of mine, Greg Cook, is the pastor there. And I was part of that conference last year. And I remember a, a seminary professor, two of them, Dr. John Mahoney uh, and Dr. Shackelford, I was part of that conference with them, and they were like, you're at Macon Road now. And they both had these incredible Wayne Webb stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter who they are, whether the professor's like that, whether they're just friends. Everybody has a story of him because of how generous, how gracious, and how long he's labored there at Macon Road for the Word of God. Yeah. And I think that's key, too, you know, because you see a lot of times you see turnover. And a, a lot of churches will have a pastor might be there for a couple years, you know, right. and, and they're out. But the stick to itness, the right. longevity uh, the perseverance. The, the perseverance, yeah. yeah. Brother yeah. Wayne has had that on a remarkable scale. He has told me stories. Uh, I, I wouldn't call them horror stories, just stories that pastors have to endure from time to time. Every yeah. pastor could share stories sure. with you. And he has just been, the Lord has led him to be so faithful through the ups and downs. It, it's really a great example for me. Okay, so when you were in this position now, what are some of the vision and the dreams or the things that you see God leading you. Yeah, great question, you know. and not a hard one for me to answer. Uh, I, I went to seminary. Um, I began seminary, still in there doing doctoral work, but in an early age, uh, about 13 years ago, as I mentioned, met my wife. And I was I was blessed enough by the Lord to sit under a man named Dr. Tim Seal. Uh, I mentioned him because he really drilled into me. The Lord used him to drill into me the importance of expositional preaching. And so going forward— uh, we typically walk through books of the Bible at Macon Road. That doesn't mean on a Wednesday night, like right now, we're doing kind of a discipleship uh, study. We don't do other things. But going forward, we really want to intentionally prioritize and exalt the Word of God. 
Now, I know everybody says that that's the right thing to say, yeah. but I mean to labor in the Scriptures, as Paul says, that a person, a pastor worthy of a double honor ought to do, to labor at preaching and teaching. Yeah. I think on a large scale, uh, that's missing today, and, and it's, it's really unfortunate, and you see that, as you said, uh, you hear people talk about born again just as he's had a spiritual experience. Right, right. Uh, because the Word of God is not emphasized, and, and the Lord puts such an emphasis on his Word in Scripture. Uh, he talks about those in Isaiah 66. You want to know the one who has my ear, who, who I will look to? It is those that tremble at my Word. And, and he's not saying that in sheer terror as much as the reverence, the yes. honor, the yes. respect. Yes. And so I, I'm so convicted by that. Uh, that, that going forward, my vision for our church, everything's going to be built on what does the Word of God say? Yeah. Not what is going to cause us to be liked, which I want to be liked, by the way, but, <laughs> but that's, that's not the main focus. The focus is if we're going to honor Jesus, we have to honor His Word. Yeah, I love that. Uh, okay, so you and Lauren have been married for how long now? Uh, we've been married for 13, uh, 13 and a half years. And you said you're on this children's cycle every couple yeah. of years. You're having two or three. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't know how else to say that, so this is kind of on the spot being here on the program. Uh, we have five children, Ellie, Emmy, Elan, Everly, and Ezra. Uh, my fifth was a son, and the other are, are girls, and uh, uh, my quiver is full. So and, why all ease? Uh I don't really have a, a, a one for that outside of being a pastor, and alliteration has just been a thing that maybe has... monogram clothes were maybe cheaper that right, way. Right, 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 yeah. right. And the ease hanging in the room, yeah. we don't have to. We can just keep recycling those. Uh, we, we, the first one, Eliana's Hebrew, means "My God answers me." Uh, just to just to praise the Lord a little bit, we were told at one point uh, in any any ladies listening to this, my wife has what is called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, was told she might not be able to have children at one point. Uh, I say that for the glory of Christ because we have five children. Wow. Uh, and, and she likes to share that story with people because it's a testimony of his grace. Uh, and Eliana means my God answers because we prayed and we prayed and the Lord gave us children starting with Eliana. So. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, of course, you met Lauren in seminary. The rest is history for That's the right. Robinson family. Uh, what was it that attracted you to Lauren, though? Uh, outside of her beauty? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Honestly, Lauren, uh, we, we truly are in our relationship, which I pray and I believe anybody listening ought to, ought to strive to be in their marriage. We are truly an iron sharpening iron uh, unit together. Uh, our marriage, Lauren loves the Word of God. She loves the Word of God. In fact, I've never met a woman who loves Christ more than my wife. And I know it's, it's popular for men to say that otherwise, but I mean it. I, I have never seen someone who is more passionate about the things of Christ uh, that has blessed her, uh, but it has also caused her a lot of problems. When you stand on the Word of God, uh, you you have the Lord, uh, but it's not always popular to do that. And yeah. I have not met a woman that is willing to do that as Lauren does to this day, and that attracted me to her. That's a good word there. Now, were you pastoring at another church prior to coming to Macon Road? Yes, I was uh, at a church in Middle Tennessee. I'd been there for five years. Uh, it was in a, in a town called Chapel Hill. Uh, probably not well known, although it was somewhat of a booming town. We were there. Now, where, where in Middle Tennessee? Uh, Chapel Hill, Tennessee. Oh, it was Chapel Hill, Tennessee. Yeah, it was Chapel Hill, okay, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and again, booming little town as all those are. It was right between Franklin and Murfreesboro. Is the best way to explain it. A um, uh, lot of towns like that are are, are exploding right now because people are trying to get outside of the right. Franklin and oh, Murfreesboro because yeah. the growth. Yeah, been there five years, and before that, I was at a church in Crenshaw, Mississippi, in the Delta for four years. Loved in that. Th- those guys. 
Uh, people say, why would you want to go on the Delta? There's nothing down there. But, man, we just loved it down there. The sweetest people in the world. Uh, and then before that, I was a pastor, associate pastor for two, two and a half years in Olive Branch. So I've been in ministry uh, the past 14 years uh, and a pastor in some form. Now, what are the service times, Kevin, at Macon Road? Yeah, good question. We have our primary service is at 1030. Uh, we also have uh, our Hispanic worship service following that at 130. That's on Sunday. Uh, small groups start at 930, and our Wednesday night is at 6 o'clock. Do you have a satellite location, too? Okay, we do, but the satellite is primarily it's the school. It is not a church. Okay. Sometimes that does get confused. I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. I hear people say, well, where are your satellite churches? The church is all squared right there uh, on Highway 64, which is just a very convenient location, no matter where you find yourself in the Memphis area. With that new 385, it's, it's really easy to get to. What's the best way for somebody new coming to Macon Road to plug into the ministry there? Well, uh, I tell you what, we have uh, greeters there that are, that are waiting to, to welcome you and meet you. Uh, and I stand there, and I try to meet our guests. We have gifts we give our guests, and the easiest way is to show up, allow us to welcome you, to meet you, get to know you, and see how we can minister to you. you got a real nice little coffee bar or snack area. but uh, We do. We it's do. a very inviting. It is an extremely inviting, and our people are overwhelmingly welcoming. If, if you haven't been there, all you have to do is go once, and you'll see exactly what I'm referring to. Yeah, they are. They love on you. Yeah, amen. <laughs> they amen. Really, Praise really the Lord, they do. do. Okay, so give us the location uh, and the website before we say okay. goodbye. It's Highway 64. You'll have to forgive me, the numerical address. I've, I've had it memorized, and I don't have it ready to pull out of my brain at this point. Uh, but if you go on Highway 64. Well, it's just west of the 385, right? That's correct, just west. Again, I mentioned about three miles across from Digger Odell Nurseries, uh, landscaping. Not hard to find. We have a huge sign out there, website, www.makingroadbaptist.org. You could do Macon Road Baptist School dot org or church either one will take you to two separate websites okay, yeah uh again they're connected but the school has a lot more information uh so if you want to check out the school if you're interested in going brother wayne has has really worked to make it the most affordable private christian school in the memphis area we've worked really hard to do that uh with the highest academic standards uh christian values so if, if you're looking for that school uh, want to know more check us out makingroadbaptistschool.org as well uh, that's the easiest way to connect with us. Wow, this has been great. Kevin Robinson, thank you, my dear brother, for yeah, what thank you, you do for Christ's kingdom. Yeah, thank you for the privilege, brother. I've enjoyed it. Kevin Robinson, the pastor of Macon Road Baptist Church, our pleasure to have Kevin here Amen. and share his heartbeat for ministry there at Macon Road Baptist Church. Be praying for him. I'm Byron Tyler. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.